Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in April of 2022. And welcome to episode 75, Learning About Engagement Strategies. First, we want to give a shout out to our book club members. We have, yeah, we have our last book club meeting this upcoming Tuesday. Can you believe it? It went by so fast. It really did. But I, I think I love having book clubs for the fact that we get to meet different people, even though it's virtual, but from all around the country. I love it. I really do. It's an incredible experience. I, I love that we do this. I, I just, I can't say it enough. I just love it. I know. And we're, we're going to have to talk about summer at some point, aren't we? Yeah, we will. We're going to continue this book club trend. This is our thing. We are, we're loving it and we're going to keep it going because I mean, I'm selfishly learning so much and I want to keep, I mean, it is, listen, this whole podcast is learning through math. So this is how we, this is how we learn. We socialize, we communicate with other people, we talk to other people, we meet other people, we see other people's perspectives and that's, that's learning. That's what learning is all about. So listeners, we do. Yeah. Listeners, I was just going to say, go ahead and share our podcast with people so that they know that we're not just podcasters, you know, we're actual real teachers that want to keep learning. And so we do do that through book clubs. We've had three already, right? Correct. Yes. Wow. This is amazing. All right. Share your reflection because I know you have a good one. Yes. Last episode, we were talking about order of operations and you brought up the problem, the real life problem context with the, my sister and I are going to share whatever it was, $280. So which situation is represented in the equation, right? So I did present it to my fifth graders. I did not know this. Wait, this is great. I know. So I did present it to them and they all said that it should, basically that they should um, split the $280 first, divide first, and then subtract the $40 from like they, they, they said that, but as they were working, I was processing the situation in my brain. And then I I brought up, you know, well, we could do it a different way. They didn't see it a different way at all. They went on their white books and they all saw it the same way, which I thought was really interesting. They divided it first. But what I noticed once I wrote it down and I had both equations there. I noticed why there is a discrepancy because do you understand why there is? Do you know why the numbers are different in both situations? Because you're either taking the 40 off at the beginning or you're taking it off at the end. Right. But that 40 that you're taking off at the beginning, it's really not 40. It's really 20 and 20. Because 20 belongs to one sister and 20 belongs to the other sister. Do you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be split, that $40. So the reason why that sister, the one sister gets ripped off is because you're splitting the $40 at the, you know, you're taking that 40 out, but that's really meant 20 of that dollars 
is designated to the other sister and to the, you know what I'm saying? So I guess if you really wanted to give the 40, that one sister should receive $80 because then she would receive the $40 from the other sister. Oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So which scenario is the best? Where you split it and then you – because that's the one that she wouldn't get ripped off. Okay. The sister who's owed that $40, if she takes the $40 from the first, from the – from before splitting it, then she's ripping – like she's not getting her full allotted because really she's taking 20 that she's – owed and 20 that her her sister is owed. So she's bringing down her amount. Do you know what I'm saying? That $20 already belongs to her. Right. So if she were to really get, yeah, really get what she deserves to get or is like, yeah, she's supposed to get, then it should be $80 that she takes right from the the, the top. And then I right? guess it depends on which sister you're talking about. Right. Yes. <laughs> if it's the sister that owes money, you want to do the second scenario where you just split first and then give, give the sister the 40 bucks. <laughs> no. Give the sister the 40 bucks first and then split. Right. Because the discrepancy will only be $40. Whereas right. if they if they split it and then take it off, there's a discrepancy of $80. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I really, it wasn't until it was there in front of me that I would, that it clicked for me when I saw it and I was, you know, thinking through it. So it took a few days for me to like process that problem and why there was, uh, you know, a mathematical disagreement, I guess, in this in this problem. But yeah, that's why. Real life order of operations, though. There we go. Okay, listeners, at this point, Karina or I usually tell you some good news. Well, I'm going to tell you some good news, but then the bad news. So the good news is I didn't die. <laughs> The bad news is I fell today at work and, um, you know, most of my friends today were like, oh, you know, we have stairs at our school and, you know, they're probably thinking something big. I'm like, I fell out of a chair, which sounds terrible. I'm not laughing. I just, the way you worded that, (laughs) I'm not laughing at you. I just, you're like, oh, stairs. No, I chair. (laughs) So I tend to sit on one of my feet. Like I I sit on mm-hmm. one of my feet underneath me, right? And I happen to be sitting on a chair that the seat and the back of the chair, there's a gap, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. fully meet. And I went to get up and my foot got caught in that back part there. And I went down. I had a, a small group of kids in front of me and immediately the girls were like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yes, I mean the my hand took the brunt of everything, but yeah, I'm old. Um, I'm a little chunkier than I have been before, and um, I don't work out. So not being in shape, this is definitely this was a biofreeze and naproxen evening for me. I can tell you that. Wow. I'm not looking forward to waking up tomorrow. I mean, yes, I want to wake up tomorrow, but because I think I'm going to be in a little bit more pain. <laughs> you might be a little just ice and 
heat and and all of that good stuff yeah okay listen at least you didn't in addition to the good news at least you didn't break anything you don't have like huge bruises you're doing all right, Laura. Yes, You're I didn't, doing all right. I wasn't bleeding. You know, that's what I said right. to the to the kids. You know, I, I kind of sat on the floor and when they said, are you okay? I was like, yes. And then I said to myself, and then I said it out loud. I was like, okay, I'm not bleeding and I'm not bruised. So, okay. And then I had there to gather, gather everything that fell on the floor with me. And that was one of those awesome moments, right? <laughs> It happens. I mean, it happens. Okay, let's get into today's topic. We're going to talk about three highly effective engagement strategies. I think you should give them the background about this, though, at least the first part that we're going to talk about. Sure. Back in 2013, Laura and I went to a awesome training workshop week. It was called Teaching with the Brain in Mind, led by Eric Jensen Uh, He's an author of multiple books about teaching students and brain development and what is good learning and what is good teaching, thinking about the brain, right? How do we, how do kids learn? How do the brain, how does the brain work? How does the brain learn? It was a very insightful workshop week that we had this training. It was filled with information. Uh, some, some things were a little beyond what we knew, you know, like all the, the terminology and the vocabulary, but it was, I think it was a good experience to be in that kind of atmosphere too, because not a lot of times do teachers, are we placed into an environment where we don't know things, right. you know what I mean? Like really where something is really difficult for us, where we're usually our challenge level isn't as high. And I think it's good for us to remember, especially when it's things like that we've never learned or we did learn, but it was a long time ago and it feels new so that we can relate to our students better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the engagement strategies that you really put into place the next two years was the GLP. Yeah. I think it was even more than that because it also continued... Oh, you did when you went to the other school. With my new school now, yes. So it was it was about maybe four years. Four or five years. Yeah, Yeah. four or five years where I really continued it. And I and I just and I think it was COVID that's just totally it knocked it out of my brain. And when you mentioned it the other day, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I totally forgot about it. Yep. So the one I'm referencing it, that I loved, I fell in love with when we were there, was called a GLP walk. And the G stands for grateful, the L stands for learned, and the P stands for promise. Basically, what you do is you would have kids pair up in partners, so two two kids at a time. And instead of doing a turn and talk, you kind of do think of it like a turn and walk, right? right? You're standing up and walking around the room. And when we did this during the conference, there was music playing. And when the music stopped, that's when you sat back down to your seat. So there was a really nice audio cue, you know, to know when the conversation needed to end. Mm -hmm. You stood up, you walked around, you talked about these three things. You talked about what you were grateful for, 
You talked about what you had learned previously in the, in, you know, the day before, the week before, whatever it is that stuck, has stuck in your mind and something that you promised. So a goal, you know, a goal for that day, a goal for that week, a goal for that month, whatever it is that might be something that they want to share. And let me tell you, like it builds relationships. It builds that it's so less intimidating because you're not facing the person, you're walking beside them, you're shoulder to shoulder walking around the room as opposed to looking at them in the eye. And sometimes that is intimidating for some kids, you know, face to face conversations as opposed to walking. It's it's a little easier. And I do remember the first time we did it, we were just walking. But another time he was like, link your arms and pretend you're skating. Right. And then another time he gave us another scenario. So it wasn't just walk. Right. But tell me something that really sticks with you when you had your kids doing it before COVID. Like, why was it just so good? And when would you do it? Would you do it it's like first thing in the morning? Would it was anytime. It? Yeah. We we did it during our conference. We did it first thing. It was the very first thing we did. As soon as we got there, it was kind of like an introduction. You know what I think it was? It was like an SEL time, yes. right? It was before SEL really took off. That's really what it was. And I think that that's what I loved about it is just it was a quick, it was just such a quick thing to do. It doesn't have to be long. You can do it for a minute. You can do it for two minutes. You can do it for three. You can do it for five. You know, like it's really up to you as to how long you want to do this. The fun part when we were doing it, not something that would be so practical to do in schools, but we were allowed to leave the room and come back. Remember that? We set timers on our watches, I think. And, you know, he said, come back in five minutes or eight minutes or at exactly this time. And we walked all around the hotel, conference room, hallway, all of that, and then came back and even went outside Mm -hmm. and came back. So at a school in a a building with kids, you might not be able to do it like that. But uh, inside, I just did it inside my own classroom and it was was fantastic. I think, again, I liked that the kids weren't intimidated. They walked around, you know, they got to know each other and you could easily change this up to be instead of, a, you know, SEL kind of activity, you could change this up to be a more academic based activity where you're, you could even do like a three, two, one, right? Three things you learned, two things that you are still having questions about and one summary or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Just so easy to adapt and change. And it was such a good structure too. Mm-hmm. What about you incorporating it now? I mean, we have about nine, eight weeks of school left. Thank God, by the way. But <laughs> you know, do you think because your fifth graders are already into that, you know, middle school hormonal mode, do you think it would be good to to try to just start it now? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely, I'll give it a try. I just have to also, because the way that I paired them up and the way that he paired us up was stand by the perimeter of the of the room and walk towards the center and like have your hand raised. Once you have eye contact with someone, that's your partner. And so lower your hand. Those are things that you need to teach kids how to do because right. what are they going to do? They're going to look to their friends or they're going to skip the person they actually looked at first. 
and they're going to look at the person that they want to look at. So it, it's that kind of, you know, and you can do it different ways. You could do like clock partners. Have you ever, you know about clock partners? Yes. Yeah. I've done that before too. You could even do visibly random groups, right? Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Just cards, a deck of cards. Right. Or just random on the computer, right? Generate yeah. uh, a list. So many different ways that you could do it, approach this. Well, I'm excited to see if you do this before the end of this school year. I want to because I do remember the advantages of it. And it it just is – and it's not just a brain break too, right? It's it's just – it's it gets them up and moving. Yes. I even did turn in talks like this as well where it was, you know, here I am in the middle of my book and now, okay – here, you know, I'm going to stop during my read aloud, do a turn and talk, but do a turn. And I, I think I called it turn and walk. Just stand mm-hmm. up, turn and turn and walk. Or walk, talk, talk and walk, talk and walk or something. I don't know. I don't oh, I like that one. Talk and walk. Talk and walk. Walk and talk. talk, and walk. <laughs> walk and talk. <laughs> okay. Our second engagement strategy has to do with novelty, right? You want to keep things fresh and new. And right now, mm-hmm. I mean, starting off April, like we're all done, right? Mm-hmm. So this would be a great time to start doing small things that are new to them. Yeah. One of the first things that came to my mind was some of our number sense routines, like same but different math, where that's mm-hmm. just two pictures and you see what is the same, what is different about them. Another one, which is our favorite, is uh, which one doesn't belong. Love, yeah. love, love yes. doing that. And my third favorite, if you have never done an open middle task, wow, you are missing out, <laughs> right? Yeah. That is definitely something that if your kids have never done that before, now is the time to try an open middle task. And of course, we will link all of these things into the show notes. And our, our third one was about movement, which you had alluded to already about your walk and talk or talk and walk. Yeah. Since our third engagement strategy is movement, why is that so important? And it makes me think about when I went to Kagan training, right, to become yeah. a, a trainer, where they said never, ever let anyone ever sit for more than 30 minutes. Now Mm -hmm. for kids, I definitely, I mean, I, I make sure that if they've been sitting for 30 minutes or if I walk into a classroom and I just kind of look at them and I'm like, Hey, how you guys been sitting down for a while? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, all right, get up. And I put on music and we get up and dance or we get up and stretch. The other thing I was thinking about was brain gym activities where kids mm-hmm. cross the midline, right? Which is going to engage both sides of their brain. Yeah. And I mean, it has to do with the whole blood circulating through your body, right? And it pools at your butt if you're sitting there for a long time. That's not right? my cute little saying. The cute little what saying is, is you don't <laughs> let the blood pool at your feet or your seat. Ah, okay. That's better than your butt. <laughs> Or you can always t- turn it into, you know, the galactic world and just say you don't want the, the blood at Uranus. <laughs> That's another good, cute little saying. I haven't heard that one. No, I just came up with that on the spot. But 
Uh, and actually, in fifth grade, we don't. That word is not what we use. We don't say Uranus. We say Uranus. Uranus. Every time. Every single time. <laughs> anyway, I think it has to do with, obviously, movement. You you got to get up and move. I definitely don't do it enough. I don't with our schedule the way it is. That's why I think I, lo- I love white books, too, and the building thinking classroom because they're up. You know, they're out of their seat. And with, with fifth graders, and I'm sure it's the same with middle schoolers because, you know, that this is the start of it. This is how they are. They're reluctant to get up. They don't want to get up. They're used to sitting down. They're used to staying at their seats. They don't, they're like, oh, do we have to? Yeah, get up, you know? (laughs) So to get them to dance, that's not something that I can, some of them just don't want to do that. Again, Go Noodle has great short little clips that you could use. We like, I, I like Mr. Catman. Do you know Mr. Catman from Go no. Noodle? Okay. No. Oh, wait. Mis- do I? Mr. From- Catman. Wait, from Go Noodle? Probably, but yeah. tell me. Mr. Catman does uh, brain exercises, and they're, they can be at their seat, but I always get them to stand up for these. And they're short little things. It's like the pat your head and rub your belly. Yes. The one that I love because I think it's just fun to do, is make an L with your thumb and your pointer finger uh, on one hand and then put up on the other hand, put up your pinky finger and then alternate L-I-L-I between, yes, like that L-I, switch it back Ooh. and forth, right? Don't do that while one. you're driving, everybody. No, 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 no. Don't do it while, yeah, see? And then you and then you end up putting like, I love you, right? Yes, I did, I, I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so then you just go back and forth and you see how fast you can go. And the more you practice, I mean, I'm going pretty fast and the yes. kids are always impressed with how fast I can go. Once you get into a group. There, I was going to say, it's right. muscle memory. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. Once you get into it, you can you can go fairly quick. Another one that he shared with us that I really liked as well, just to encourage them to get up. And it, again, quick, it doesn't have to take a long time, is stand up and touch whatever it is. So you give them a, a directive. You could say stand up and touch the backs of six chairs, but that are not at your table. And then they go and they walk around the room, touch six chairs, and then they sit back I mean, down at their seat. What is that? 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can add it. You can, you know, you can make it longer for kindergarten. That would be, you know, you could do, you could do six chairs, you know, you could keep the numbers lower for fifth graders. You might do multiple directional steps, you know, like touch the back of six chairs, two doors or two doorknobs, maybe, maybe, maybe not with COVID doorknobs, right, right. but Two walls, <laughs> not touch door. two walls and a cabinet or something, you know, like, I, I don't know, whatever it is that you have in your classroom that they can go around and, and touch. You know what? I'm covering for SBT tomorrow. I think I have kindergarten and a first and a second grade class. I'm going to do something like that while I'm in yeah. there. Thank and you. if you can, you could even bring in some math uh, academic language, right? Things like touch two walls that are perpendicular, touch two walls that are parallel, you know, and see, and at least have that conversation. Touch, a, go find a right angle, go yes. find a touch three right angles. Cause you know, like all windows would have right angles 
doors would have right angles. I mean, there's tons of right angles. In oh, our please. Bathroom. They're desks. They're the whiteboard, the everything. You're right. Yeah. And I know that there is a ton, there really is, of research out there. I will try to link a couple things to the show notes, but one thing that I do remember that he talked about was the increase of achievement and mm. memory after 20 minutes of PE. I mean, scores just rise. Memory yeah. just rises. You want to get kids' scores better? Get them moving. Yeah. Because they're going to retain things better. Yes. Think about when we're sitting in a PD and someone is reading a PowerPoint to you off the PowerPoint, right? And we're all zoned right. out. And what do we do? We start hunching over. And yep. even that alone is so detrimental instead yeah. of sitting up straight for blood flow, which again yeah. is why we like the white books because they're standing up. They're standing up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Listeners, your challenge this week is to use one of the highly engagement strategies that we just talked about. Have your kids do a GLP walk or throw some novelty in there, like use a site that you've never used before that's district approved and or have your kids use movement. You've got to get them up and moving. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag LearningThroughMath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.